Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Thanks, and welcome back to hour number two of Inside Sources. I'm Greg Scordis with, with Leah Murray, and we're filling in today for Boyd Matheson, who apparently has taken most of the week off, because you've been here almost every day this week, apparently. <laughs> I've been here a minute, you're, yeah. You're, 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 a, you're a pro at this. You know, um, with the recent midterm election, it was no surprise that the Republicans took over the House. They did so, and people just assumed automatically that the former minority leader of the House, that is uh, Kevin McCarthy, would step up and take Nancy Pelosi's place as Speaker, and that he had the votes lined up and everything was going to go fine. It hasn't gone quite the way we thought. No, and luckily, and I'm so happy, we have Nathaniel Rakich, who is the Senior Elections Analyst at 538 on the show. Welcome, Nathaniel. Hey, guys. Yeah, so I'm thrilled you're here because you are my number one source, 538, to get all information, data, analytics. So thank you. Can you tell us why McCarthy's speakership is in jeopardy? Yeah, I mean, it's fairly simple. I think Republicans didn't get as wide of a majority in the House as they thought they were going to get. Um, They, of course, won only 222 seats and a majority is 218. And in fact, um, based on statements from uh, Republican members of Congress, some of the kind of more uh, renegade ones, you've already had six Republicans who have said they don't plan on voting for Kevin McCarthy. And of course, 222 minus six equals 216 and a majority of the House is 218. So he's going to need to do some work to win over some uh, some of those votes if he wants to uh, become a speaker. Nathaniel, Nathaniel, I have to say that my co-host was giddy when she <laughs> learned that you were going to be on our show tonight. So uh, I, I've got to listen to your podcast and, and see what's got her so excited. Uh, and and I, apparently we're very honored to have you here. So so what happens if the Republicans don't get the 218? I mean, there has got to be a Speaker of the House, doesn't there? Yeah, exactly. So um, what would happen if on the kind of the first vote, um, nobody gets to 218 or actually I should say it's a majority of people voting for um, for named candidates or speaker, which could be important, as I'll explain in a minute. Um, You know, what would happen is there would just be a, a new vote. So like, you know, basically it would go to multiple ballots. Um, and that hasn't happened in a speaker election since 1923, um, but it wouldn't be surprising to see it happen this time. Now, 
Um, there, the, the thing is, of course, like there's a lot of kind of maneuvering that can happen behind the scenes. There are kind of parliamentary maneuvers that, that McCarthy and his allies can use to, to win. So, you know, you've got these six members who have said they, they aren't going to vote for McCarthy. Um, what could they maybe could be persuaded to do is to vote, quote, present, which is basically abstaining from the vote. And um, what that would do is it would lower the threshold um, that McCarthy needs for votes. So we only need to take a majority of the people who are voting, you know, for for a candidate. So, for example, if all of these opponents or all these um, these six Republicans voted present, uh, he could win because he would have still have a majority of those who were um, kind of voting the normal way. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so I'm wondering, having read your article, you've got a bit in here about how when Pelosi gets challenged, her opponents were moderate. But when McCarthy gets challenged, his opponents are hardcore conservatives. And I'm wondering if you could just talk to us about... What does that mean? Like, what does it say about the state of each party in the House? And like, why is it worth talking about that difference? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So as you point out, you know, Nancy Pelosi um, or Kevin McCarthy isn't the only kind of um, House leader who has faced a a mini revolt within his party. Uh, Nancy Pelosi also kind of had to whip the votes in order to get elected speaker after the 2018 elections. But the people who voted against her that year were kind of moderate Democrats, people who were in uh, competitive seats who, you know, given that Nancy Pelosi isn't very popular, they kind of wanted to put distance between themselves. And Pelosi. So a, a great example is Ben McAdams, who's the former Democratic congressman uh, in your guys' neck of the woods. Right. He represented a fairly red district. He didn't want to basically have anything to do with Nancy Pelosi. These Republicans who are opposing McCarthy are, as you pointed out, they are coming from very red districts. They're extremely conservative according to kind of their, their voting records and their roll call votes. It's not like they are voting against McCarthy because they think that he could damage them politically. Uh, it seems to be because he's just not conservative enough and he's kind of identified too much with the Republican establishment. So these members are also kind of, um, most of them are members of the House Freedom Caucus, which is kind of like the, the old Tea Party, if folks remember from 2010 and 2012. These kind of um, you know really conservative um, you know uh, like they don't like to compromise um, those types of Republicans. So yeah, it's interesting to your point, you know, that a lot of the the kind of intra-party opposition from the Republican side is from um, these these kind of hardline members, whereas Democrats' problems are kind of on the, the the center flank. Right. And I like that you just talked about the Freedom Caucus, because didn't McCarthy have an issue with him? Like, I feel like Paul Ryan became speaker because the Freedom Caucus didn't want McCarthy last time. Right. So I'm just wondering, you know, McCarthy just keeps coming back for not the love. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. So he's he's kind of, you know, he's been in uh, Republican leadership since 2009. He really is kind of, you know, the face of the establishment, the Republican establishment, at least in Washington. And yeah, to your point, back in 2015, the first time he was up for speaker, he just didn't have the votes because he had a lot of opposition from the same type of Republican. So this seems to be a constant thorn in his side. 
Nathaniel, if in fact McCarthy does have 216 Republican votes, he's too shy, would it make sense or, or is there a possibility that he could get some Democratic support? And I say that because he's he's the devil they know and, and supporting the further right candidate or at least having a threat of the further right candidate as Speaker of the House may not work well. And, and I don't I it wouldn't wouldn't be that difficult or maybe it would be to have a couple of Democrats flip over and say, look, let's get McCarthy in because we, we kind of know where, what he stands for. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting kind of proposition. Um, I would personally bet against that. Uh, I think that there are kind of some Republican leaders who maybe could have done that, but I don't think Kevin McCarthy is one of them. He does not have a good relationship with uh, Democrats on the on the Hill. So, for example, um, Steve Scalise, who is the number two Republican in the House after McCarthy, and a lot of people think that he might be the one who, you know, if, if McCarthy can't get the votes together, Scalise might be the one who can get those votes. Um, he has seems to have a, a better relationship. He went to kind of Nancy Pelosi's quote unquote retirement ceremony when, when she announced that she was um, stepping down from Democratic leadership. Um, Kevin McCarthy didn't. So, um, I'm not sure there's um, there's a lot of love lost there. Nathaniel, Nathaniel Rakich, Senior Elections Analyst at 538. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Like, this is just, I love, by the way, everything we do, these historic nature. It's yeah. like since 1923. Yeah, 100 it's, years. Right? 100 years, these literally. Are always like the exactly, conversations by the time are, we get to the vote. Right. Yeah. It's been 100 years since this happened. It's been 100 years since that happened. Um, you know, what an interesting time so, <laughs> so, to be in. So what, what's your crystal ball telling you, Leah? I mean, oh, he's going to get it. I mean, the question that I, I have... I, but he just mentioned something really interesting. Yeah, go. That the, the, the number two person might have some... Yeah, Steve Scalise might be better Scalise at this. Scalise might, might plays, step up. Plays work politics better, right? right the fact right. that he went to her saying goodbye and McCarthy didn't show up, right? That I thought was interesting. But I think McCarthy's going to get it. In his piece, Rakich says he's, gonna, he's been meeting with these detractors and he's probably going to have to use some elbow grease. The question just is, what all is he promising them to get them to get on board, right? right. All right, so coming up next, the Department of Justice is seeking to hold former President Trump in contempt and former U.S. Attorney for the District of Utah, John Hubert, joins us to discuss why. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.